All right, you think I got this? You got this, bro. You got this. All right, let's do it. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Once again, we are live, but we are not live in the Bear Cave Studios. We are coming to you live from my man cave in New York and Anthony's cave in New Jersey. And gentlemen, Eloso is out of his winter hibernation and has left the Bear Cave. That's right, folks. So let's just put it to you flat out. Two is better than none. But El Oso did want you guys to know that he is listening and he is still up to date with what's going on in wrestling. So we're going to do our first ever sold out sound off. The sold out sound off will be when one of us is not on the show and due to whatever circumstances where we're on vacation or just have to miss a show, we'll be able to do a little clip so you fans know that we are still here and we are still talking the wrestling business. Now, as Anthony said, El Oso is down in Florida with the family, visiting with some family, checking out Disney and everything Orlando has to offer. So you got me, Stevie G, and Juf, the Encyclopedia. Very nice. I think you got it, Steve. I think you got it. All right, so let's play that sound off clip from El Oso. So first ever sold out sound off. Let's go. What is up, Sports Frenzy Universe? It is El Oso coming to you live, not from the Bear Cave Studios, but uh, sunny Florida. We're down here taking a much needed vacation, but I want to give you guys my take on the latest from the world of wrestling. I know the boys are back in the studios. Thanks guys for doing this and bringing me back on while I'm on vacation. But let's just jump into it. We had this week Kenny Omega finally signing his deal coming to AEW as vice president of operations or whatever his official title is. And um, we also have him finally making the choice between WWE, ROH, and AEW. Uh, it's not much of a surprise. We figured he was going to go to AEW anyways, just because that's where all his boys are, the elite. And it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what they can pull off with this. He's the hottest free agent in professional wrestling since probably, I'd say, Jericho back in the day. Um, so, speaking of Jericho, he'll be going against Jericho. That's going to, it's looking to be, that's what his first feud is going to be. So, we'll see how that plays itself out. Also, then we had Charlotte being inserted into the, what looks like the main event at WrestleMania against Ronda Rousey. You know, that's going to play out with Becky Lynch. You know, she'll be inserted officially at some point. They'll create the storyline where they bring her in. But Charlotte is giving me the impression of how they used the rock back in the day with the corporation, where they just kept inserting rock and bringing him in and creating the heat for him that way. So it'll be interesting to see if that storyline continues to play itself out, where they continue to develop Charlotte as the huge heel that she's getting, the amount of heat that she's getting right now. So it'll be interesting to see that and just the way that it's playing itself out where she's, you know, kind of corporate rock from the early 2000s. And then just to close it out, guys, um, finally, my tag team, I've been calling it for weeks that I want to see them, weeks, months, however long, wanted to see the Revival finally get the tag team straps on them. And finally, it happened Monday night. They beat um, Team Glorious, Brood, and Gable in a great tag match. And they are finally the face of the tag team division on Raw. So I'm very excited, super pumped. It looks like WWE is starting to focus on tag team wrestling just because of the way that AEW is mentioning that they're going to focus on tag team wrestling. So the ball is in WWE's court to really step up with it. So I'm pumped to see it. Pumped for the revival. Forever the revival. So let's go. I will be back in studio next week. And have a good week, guys. Peace. All right, guys. You just heard it from El Oso reporting to us from Orlando, Florida, 
talking Charlotte Flair, Kenny Omega, and his tag team, The Revival, finally winning the tag team championships on Raw. So we're going to get into it now, and we're going to get into our conversation. Anthony, what are we talking about first today? All right, so it's been a couple weeks. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, and we will wrap up with our normal Elimination Chamber picks, which Eloso, being the professional he is, he did give us his picks as well. So we'll be sharing those. So first off, let's talk about what what's the hotbed in wrestling, and it's not WWE, let's be honest here. It's all elite. So since the last time we came to you guys, the best kept secret in wrestling as of right now nah not so much we all knew it was coming Kenny Omega officially part of All Elite and what an announcement did you see it I saw bits and pieces of it but no I, I did not see it so Kenny Omega came out he made his announcement um, the fans went nuts, of course. I mean, the whole announcement, the whole show overall was like jam-packed with AEW guys and telling you guys more about the Double or Nothing show that's uh, coming up, which is shaping up to be a great show. I was just discussing with Anthony that I read on some of the um, All Eater Wrestling guys' Instagrams. I know the Young Bucks posted it. Cody posted it. Um, four minutes four minutes to sell out this show they sold out vegas in four minutes that's how invested the wrestling um universe is right now in all elite and when kenny omega came out that probably made it you know even huger than it already was and then what's going on is he's giving his speech jericho's music hits and jericho came out and got in his face and there's a little shove match and uh now it looks like we're gonna see jericho omega 2 at Double or Nothing, which I am very excited about. What did you think about this news? I, honestly, I was a little surprised that they would go with a match that's already happened before, but that match was an exciting match the first time it happened, so let's go with a proven commodity. We know both of those guys can go in the ring, and I'm guessing that as of right now, that will probably be the main event. Um, as you mentioned, show sold out in four minutes. On top of that, over 40,000 people were rumored to have signed up for the pre-sale. So they definitely they definitely got a buzz going for them right now. Uh, let's go through this rumored card that, uh, that actually, I don't know how rumored it is. This might be set in stone for some of these matches. Uh, we already talked about Omega versus Jericho, this Alpha versus Omega 2. Mm-hmm. We also have Hangman Adam Page going up against Pac, the former Neville. Which is a dream match. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like two, I've, I'm going to be honest, I haven't seen a ton of Adam Page in action, but the little I saw was at the all-in show. I feel like this is going to be a really unique match, uh, two contrasting styles. I feel like Neville's kind of that... Air, more aerial style power wrestler where Hangman is more in my opinion a brawler uh, sorry to the, sorry to the fanboys out there that might disagree with me what are your thoughts on this one um, Adam Page all the way I mean you guys both know that uh, from knowing me forever but I was never a Neville fan I mean I think the match has good potential because you know Neville is a good wrestler Hangman's an amazing wrestler um, you know I got I marked out a bit when he showed up in Waterbury Connecticut at the Northeast Wrestling over the top um, with that said I'm definitely going Hangman on that match and I'm excited to see it nice Nice. And then uh, we have a dream matchup uh, in the tag team division. Uh, we have the, I believe they're called the Lucha Brothers, Pentagon Jr. and Ray Phoenix, uh, who we've, we a lot of us uh, locals had the pleasure of seeing them at Northeast Wrestling from time to time. Uh, Pentagon Jr. also was featured on that first all-in, and they're going in the ring against the Young Bucks. I think this is really going to be an exciting match. I think it's really interesting how the Lucha Brothers have actually just recently won a tag team championship, so I'm curious to see what happens with that and their reign, and if they'll keep those titles beyond. Um, and that's one of the big things with Elite that we need to learn over time, what their working relationship's going to be with some of these guys that might already have contracts with other companies. Uh, but I think that's... That, possibly going to be the best tag team match of the year that night. Uh, what do you think? 
Absolutely. I've seen both uh, teams. I've seen both all the guys involved wrestle live. I've seen them on TV, but I've also been there for matches before. And all these guys, they're showstoppers. So I can't even sit here and predict who's going to take this match when it, you know, when it comes time. I know we got some, a couple months to go for the buildup, but at the end of the day, you got two amazing um, tag teams here. They're going to put on a show and probably steal the whole show for the night. But hell, we still don't even know what Cody's doing yet. Yeah, and interesting to note, Cody, who really I feel like is the brainchild behind All Elite, he's actually going to face an unnamed surprised opponent as of right now. So should be interesting. Um just to humor me. Let, let's hear what let's hear what Stevie G has to say. If you could pick an opponent for Cody who's not in WWE, who's not currently under contract for this show, who would you want to see him in, face off against? I don't think I don't think I would pick anyone. I mean, I could sit here and say Punk, but I don't see that happening. I could sit here and go with someone who's in WWE, Brock Lesnar, because there's been rumors of that. But I don't even want to see that match because. Brock Lesnar, like, I don't care what league he is, he would be probably difficult as hell to work with and want to win everything, and that's why I don't care for Brock Lesnar. I mean, if I had to choose, I mean, you said non-WWE, but my only two choices for WWE based on rumors that I may, you know, want to see would be uh, either be AJ Styles, um, see, you know, that match again, um, you know, in America, or um, Randy Orton. And you could date that back to when they were like, you know, part of a, you know, Team RKO or whatever um, back in uh, WWE days. So, uh, you know, the fact that they're making a surprise opponent, I really wonder if they're waiting for one of these guys' contract to be up and be able to announce like, hey, this whole time it was negotiated and we good. Yeah, it should be interesting. Um, personally, even though I don't think he's going all elite, I think it would be actually interesting uh, what a send-off it would be, or debut, really, uh, if the lunatic fringe Dean Ambrose's first match was as the surprise opponent for Cody. Um, I agree with you. I don't think it's going to be Punk. I doubt it's going to be Brock Lesnar. Um, it'd also be interesting if maybe Cody uh, got a, a match with a, somebody like an Okada. Um, but here, here's a name I'm thinking of, and this really ties into whether or not they're going to have a working relationship with some of the smaller-based wrestling companies out there. I would love to see Cody facing the current reigning Ring of Honor champion, Matt Taven. I wouldn't mind seeing that match. Um, Matt Taven, like, you know, we've seen him for years. He has become huge. We've talked about him on this show before. I think that could be a great match as well, yeah. All right, and then also announced uh, six... Six-man tag action. It is going to be the trio of Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky, otherwise known as SoCal Uncensored. And right now the rumor is they're going to be facing SEMA and two partners from the Oriental Wrestling Entertainment, I believe they're called. So I think we'll be able to combat more on that once we know who those other two partners are. But real quick, some of the guys you mentioned, um, I'm just going to throw it out there, folks. Um, Northeast Wrestling will be having a show at in the end of April up in Danbury, Connecticut. It's their WrestleFest show. And the main event was announced with some of the guys that we've mentioned now in All Elite. Pentagon Jr. and Ray Phoenix are facing SoCal Uncensored. I think that will be another great match. Uh, definitely something uh, to look forward to uh, if any of you guys go to that show. But, you know... I got to say, they they say Northeast Wrestling delivers and they got these, uh, you know, surprises around every corner or whatever, you know, like that's that's a hell of a match. Like they've been having like some decent matches. So just bringing that up just because a lot of the guys from All Elite like have actually like, you know, been popping up in our area. But moving on. And the last announced match so far is a is a triple threat or three-way dance. I don't know exactly which way they're going to go with this, but it's three of the women they've signed up for All Elite. Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose versus Kylie Ray. Um, I don't know a ton about all three of these. I'm not going to blow smoke up everyone's ass and pretend like I know. Um, I've seen a little bit of and I know, I believe Britt Baker was one of the one of the competitors in that all-in show, and all the women in that match were pretty impressive. My guess is Britt Baker would probably be going over in that one. All right, so the other news about All Elite is the rumored TV show, uh, with the latest being a possible 
Tuesday night slot on one of the Turner networks, and it would debut in October. And this would be after their first show, I believe, in either, I think it's, they're looking at July or August in Jacksonville, so actually the second show, uh, followed up by All In 2 in Chicago, and then the TV show in October. Okay, the other thing with All Elite, uh, there's been a lot of back and forth going on on social media. Uh, we got people that are calling it, I believe Scott Hall was the one that addressed it as a t-shirt company, and some people saying that, you know, it's nothing to be taken seriously, this is baloney, they're, they're not, you know, I, I've seen all sorts of crazy stuff, and then there's some that are like, oh, this is going to be... This is going to put WWE out of business. I've heard, I've seen people go there even that far. Um, I personally, my opinion on All Elite, I think they're going to be a very nice alternative to the WWE. Um, I don't want to see them try to better do better I, I don't want to see them try to take the wwe style and better it um i think they need to stand on their own by being something totally different and i think that's what we're gonna get uh i mean just the roster that we've talked about so far are all all wrestlers that are known for being able to give you exciting matches um my only concern with all elite is the indie style that's gotten so popular and the fact that if everyone on the show is putting these three, four, five-star matches, I feel like the fans might get fatigued from everything they're seeing. I mean, we're getting that already in the sense of the really long shows with the WWE, and that's with some garbage matches for you to kind of recover from thrown in between. So that's my only concern with All Elite. I just hope we're not going to get like six, seven, eight matches of 20 plus minute classics all over the place. Uh, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, in all honesty, WWE needs some competition because WWE thinks they're the only ones, uh, you know, in, in the business kind of deal. And maybe this competition is going to do them good. Everyone's looking forward to All Elite for a reason. This is going to, you know, chime into one of the other subjects we were going to get into at some point tonight. But People are going to look are looking forward to All Elite because All Elite is going to be something different. It's going to be something new, and it's going to be something with great guys backing it, and hopefully could run a show that you know continues to be exciting. Where WWE can't even do that no more. Let's go past go back to this past Monday night when they pulled the whole suspension crap with Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch sat there on Raw and was told she needed to apologize. And through much debate through the three and a half, three hour show, you know, eventually she came out and she apologized to Stephanie and Hunter Hurts Helmsley. Um, and she did it because she knew that her main event was in jeopardy and she knew that, uh, you know, she's the reason that WrestleMania was going to be successful. Then Vince McMahon comes out here half fast and says that he doesn't forgive her and he's suspending her for 60 days, which brings her five days after WrestleMania. You jackass. And then you bring Charlotte Flair out? Are you kidding me? It wasn't even 24 hours later, okay? It wasn't 24 hours later. And WWE's most hated video, which is a Roman Reigns video, was surpassed in dislikes on YouTube by the Charlotte announcement. When I checked last uh, when I checked last night around when SmackDown went on, that Charlotte uh, that Charlotte video was up to over fifty five thousand dislikes. What the hell, Vince? Like, do you just because you own a company, or just because um, you know you you have all these fans coming to your events, do you really think you uh, deserve to mind fuck them? Because honestly, bro, like you don't have it anymore. This is horrible. I don't even care if they put Becky Lynch somehow in a match with Charlotte at Fastlane and she earns her right back or earns her way in as a triple threat. I didn't want to see a triple threat. I want to see Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch because they've had the best buildup over the last couple months. And a lot of that buildup was done on Twitter. So it was basically like done by themselves. Maybe some writers were involved somehow. I don't know. But at the end of the day, they built a match that had probably one of the best buildups in a long time just for Vince McMahon to squash it and do, of course, only what he wants and go with uh, Ric Flair's pretty daughter um, to um, – be like you know the face of Vince McMahon kind of deal. Now, with that said, and um, I'm almost done here. Um, they took a minute to say, "Oh, we're having a birthday party for Ric Flair in two weeks on SmackDown." 
I hope Becky Lynch shows up. I hope Becky Lynch in the middle of that party beats the shit out of Charlotte Flair. Hell, I hope Becky Lynch beats the hell out of Ric Flair. Anyone in her damn way. I hope Vince McMahon comes out and she beats the shit out of her too. I was that guy on the other day on the March for Life page that did my one rant. I've never really ranted on that page before, but the one time I did, I'll be honest, half those assholes tore me a new one, and I'm fine with that. Half of them are um, typing from their mother's basement right now because they can't even get their own place and have a damn girlfriend. But anyway, that's besides the point. At the end of the day, Charlotte Flair needs to go. You should have just thrown her in there with Asuka. There's no need for this match to be triple threat. You ruined something good. And obviously, for some reason, Vince feels Charlotte needs to be in it. There's no reason. Charlotte would have been just fine as a mid-card with Asuka or even on the preview show. Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey was my WrestleMania. I sat here and I thought to myself, because I have not gotten tickets the week of WrestleMania or a couple days before, am I going to jump on StubHub and really want to go and buy some tickets? But you know what? If it's not Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey in the main event by themselves, that consideration is completely gone. I really have no interest in going if Charlotte's going to be involved in the main event. Stand the fuck down, bitch. You've already had your face on the side of a stadium for a main event match at WrestleMania. You enjoyed that moment, but somehow this is my dream and blah, 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 blah. Every year's your fucking dream, bitch. Get the fuck out of here. Rant over. That's right. Anthony, did I kind of make you speechless this morning? I I, there's not much I could say about that. I totally agree with you on a lot of it. I mean, at a minimum, if they're going to insist on this three-person women match, I hope it's an elimination style. Uh, I like the three-way dance from ECW. I hate the triple threats where it's one fall to finish because I feel like it's just some bullshit way to protect somebody. Um, I don't don't want Charlotte in the match. The whole booking has been so screwed up. I don't understand why we're... They have to rehash Austin McMahon for Becky Lynch. Well, Anthony, obviously, real quick, obviously these writers are messing up left and right, and Vince McMahon's approving it or giving them ideas that's making him mess up left and right. Because I don't know if you've noticed, when I go on Facebook, all the time I'm seeing job opportunity with WWE as a WWE writer, no experience necessary, blah, blah, blah. You're begging on social media for writers, okay? You can go to so many places to find good writers, but you're that desperate because you know you're in that much of a fucking hole. Done again. Sorry. I don't have faith in them even hiring, like, a fan to be in those roles because you know what Vince McMahon is still going to get final say and I think that's that could be the a lot of the problem here I mean this whole this whole storyline has just been overthought overdone the McMahons have been put front and center in addition to Austin McMahon it's been compared to Daniel Bryan versus uh, Triple H and Stephanie from back in the day I mean the authority I just thank God for Becky Lynch in the storyline because if it wasn't for her and how well she's taken chicken shit and trying to make chicken salad out of it I think the fans would have crapped all over this already it's not necessary I mean if you and even if they went with this triple threat match which I'm still hoping for the three way dance elimination style there was better ways to get Charlotte inserted that match and led to the possible Charlotte Becky match at Fastlane that we know Becky's going to win to get into the match anyway I mean let's cut the crap here most of us know what's really going to happen here and this goes with the storyline I had you didn't have to involve the McMahons in this respect where Vince has to screw Becky it's not necessary it doesn't need to be done they could have simply had Charlotte come out and maybe with a lawyer which I know there was some freaking loser on Marks for Life that said lawyers don't get heat fuck you pal the fact of the matter is Charlotte could have came out with a lawyer right after the Royal Rumble on Smackdown and clearly pointed out Fit Finley does not have matchmaking authority in the WWE hence Becky was not officially in that match I win the Royal Rumble now Becky has to fight Charlotte to get a shot to be in that match end of story it wouldn't have been so overbooked but no the McMahons had to put themselves front and center and turn it into a storyline that's been done over and over and over again but no seriously I agree with you on that but at the same time why do they even have to do the lawyer angle or whatever the hell like freaking just let Charlotte go. Everyone knows just by on fan reaction on online and all over the place, everyone wants to see Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch. So, like, you know, why why, why have Charlotte involved at all? Like, even, oh, I don't even know. I don't even know. This is just so freaking frustrating to me. I, 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 I've 
never been so mad at a TV show. I feel pathetic right now, but. Well, and this also ties into this whole bullshit, and I called it in December, this bullshit that they were going to start giving the fans what they want. It was just them talking out their ass to try to get people interested again. And the second the Royal Rumble was over, they went back to doing the same shit they always did. They think they know best all the time, and I'm not saying, you know, obviously the record speaks for themselves. They've been doing this over for over 30 years, so that's fine. It's your company. You you run it the way you want. But you're sitting here worried about locking guys into long-term deals because you're afraid they're going to jump to All Elite and what have you. Once you worry about the fact that your product has been so questioned lately and the fans are getting so turned off by it that an alternative like All Elite's coming out there and getting all this hype. Do the math here. I just don't understand what what they're looking at. And and the other thing is, every time Vince comes out more and more, I'm just like, the guy looks like he's ready to keel over at some point. I mean, it's he's his contributions to the business can't be denied. I mean, he he took he took regional wrestling and made it a worldwide phenomenon. Let's be honest here. But at some point, you got to realize when your time is up. I mean, we've done storylines where he's... I mean, the rumor was years ago, he was the one that kind of told Ric Flair, you're going to retire, and here's the storyline we're going to go to do it. Somebody needs to go up to Vince and tell him the same thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think we both I think we both can move on from that. Yeah, um, hopefully we gave Marks for Life something to talk about. Yeah. All right. Uh, another couple things that have come up. Uh, first off, is there an injury problem in the WWE right now? Um, I mean, we had the kayfabe knee injury for Becky, which miraculously disappeared now that she went to the doctor. Um, but um, Seth Rollins, there's no talk of him being in any match. And the rumor is that the fact that Kurt Angle is back on Raw and wrestling weekly, uh, he's kind of taken Seth's spot, uh, where Seth would have been the one wrestling uh, in some of these matches we've seen the last few weeks. The other thing is, and the dirt sheets are not helping the matter here because they're trying to report, they're trying to twist things around to make it get clickbait again. Uh, Sasha Banks. If Sasha Banks been truly cleared for Elimination Chamber, I don't think they would have went through everything they've gone through up to this point if she wasn't going to be in there on Sunday, but it leaves a lot of question marks. Um, what, what are your thoughts on this? I think I think she's out. I'm seeing more and more rumors that she's out. So if she's out, she's out. My question is, is who do you put the tag titles on then after the fact? Yeah, absolutely. Um, although there is there is the argument that could be made that maybe they're not gonna. There was no intention of having them win on Sunday. Maybe they finally do the true split up for Sasha and Bailey then, and we get that at WrestleMania. Or maybe they save the Sasha Bailey title win for the big one, the, the granddaddy of them all, WrestleMania. I I don't think she's injured. I think they would have moved on from that at this point. Um, I guess time will tell there. Uh, another thing, and this goes back to last week. This was something I wanted to bring up, and I brought it up before. Is Alexa Bliss a heel or a face? And why is it that Nia Jax can come out, interrupt the Moment of Bliss segments, acting all heelish, and Alexa has to sit there and take it? That, that's another thing that doesn't make sense. Alexa has been their top heel for years. She wouldn't just sit there and take it. She'd at least react in some sort of way, and instead she just sits there, quiet as a mouse, and, okay, and just watches as Nia goes off with this pissed-off look on her face. It doesn't make any sense. Vince, make a decision on Alexa. She's either a face or a heel. I think you, let's give her a face run. Let's see how she does in the face roll because she does get a she does get a positive reaction from the fans, and I think the moment in the bliss segments are getting over. Um, I was a little disappointed to see that wasn't that I don't even recall her even really being on Raw except for maybe a backstage segment. So let's lead into uh, one of the things that El Oso just talked to us about in his sound off. We have new WWE Tag Team Champions. The revival have finally done it. They had a great match. With the team of Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. Uh, I've also heard some rumors about the tag team division and the rules being enforced, and I'm wondering if that's the angle they're going to go with now. I read one rumor that, and they kind of did this with, with Raw a few weeks ago on the main event with Braun. One of the rules uh, 
you can only save your partner from a pinfall one time in a match. Otherwise, it's a disqualification, and I think they did use that a few weeks ago. So are we going to go back to seeing more of the traditional tag team rules that the Revival have been preaching on social media? Uh, for example, to tag into the match, you have to be holding the rope, that sort of thing. Um, a true five count being implemented when when a tag is made. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on the tag team division? I really don't have any thoughts on it because you can sit here and say you're going to do it left and right, but at some point um, they're going to they're gonna go back to the way they were doing things and being careless and all this stuff because there's a lot of things WWE have let go of. They've let go of the, oh, you dropped your title, you get a rematch. Nope, they don't need to do that no more. Um, what else have they gotten rid of? Like, There's a lot of rules that like we grew up on or the 30-day rule, hence Brock Lesnar. Um, you have to defend your title within 30 days, you know, at least once every 30 days. Nope, Brock Lesnar could go six months practically without defending the title. Like, it's ridiculous. So I, I really like that's where I lose faith in things because you can make all the rules you want, but WWE will change them at some point. No, that's very true. Um, another thing that actually I'm excited for, although I almost feel like they're trying to bring Homer Simpson onto our TVs with the lousy gutter bowl that was thrown, the return of Kevin Owens is now one month away. I'm a little, a little surprised about this. I thought they were going to save it for, if not WrestleMania, uh, to maybe cost it in Bobby Lashley a match. I thought they were going to do it the night after WrestleMania, but I'm hoping that by KO uh, announcing he should be back in about a month that we will see him on that WrestleMania card. But I feel like he could still be a face and not be this dumb idiot type character that's being rumored. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? No, I think it's cool that Kevin Owens is coming back. I mean, the guy looks good. He's lost weight. He got a you know tattoo sleeve now and stuff. I just hope he comes back with a strong impact. But the thing is, it's like he's someone that like he he, he could be written the wrong way. You know, where do you fit this guy in? Where do you put him in a story that actually matters? That's actually entertaining when. 90% of WWE is not as entertaining as it used to be. Like, you know, is he going to come back and they're going to ruin him too? Like, it's scary. It's scary. If I was Kevin Owens, I'd even be, I'd be scared to be coming back right now. But that's just me. Do you think, um, do you think it's possible that, and I feel like he has the potential to do this, do you think it's possible that he has the potential to be so good that, just like Becky Lynch, as shitty as the storyline might be, he'll make it look like gold? I mean, the one thing Kevin Owens has going for him is that he truly is the best heel that they have in that league. So he, uh, you know, you could you could give him the torch and he will run with it and run run the shit with it. Like it, he'll destroy it. Okay, he will slay. Um, but the thing is, WWE cannot be as involved. If you're gonna if you're gonna let Kevin Owens do his thing, you know, throw an idea of where you want it to go, but let him do it his way because Kevin Owens could do his own thing. I mean, Kevin Owens can be, could make a great writer, if, even if he just writes for himself. Like, you know, Kevin Owens is one of those guys. I mean, just like the Hardys or Styles. Like, the thing that sucks is, you know, you even like with Kenny Omega. When WWE did try to negotiate, one of the things that, from what I read, was discussed was that Kenny Omega wanted some control, like most control of his character, and WWE wouldn't agree to it. Well, congratulations, WWE. You just blew off the, you blew up, you lost out on the hottest uh, free agent in wrestling to date. You do not have the top guy. All Elite Wrestling does because you guys just want to do things your way or the highway, and clearly your way or the highway is not working. Shout out to WWE, best ratings in the business in years, right? Not. <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing how they hype up the ratings now when they're like in the twos, which was like comparable to their mid '90s run. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what to say there. I'm just saying when you watch when you watch the, uh, you know, the Monday Night War DVD or documentary, you know, on on the network, when they're talking about some of those ratings on, uh, you know, Raw versus Nitro, neither one of those shows are as low as Raw was now. Yeah, I yeah, absolutely. All right. Um uh an, another thing. So, for those of you that those of you that watched SmackDown last night, over 60 minutes Kofi Kingston in the Gauntlet match, considering up until a few days ago he wasn't even involved. Here's the funny thing about that real quick. Um I'm watching it right now for the second time with the sound off. Okay. Um yes. 
wow, Coffee Kingston's performance here was amazing. Right now I'm up to, you know, his uh, run with AJ Styles I'm in the middle of. But, uh, yeah, AJ Styles, or AJ Styles, Coffee Kingston did his thing last night. He could go into um, Elimination Chamber, win the World Championship, and I would be okay with that. Now, is that going to happen? Hell no. But I wish it should because he's one guy that I think deserves some sort of world title ring. I mean, this guy's put in work for years. But, yeah, what a match. Like I said, I'm watching it right now as we speak. But go on, Anthony. Sorry. No, no, it's it's great to hear that. I I, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I didn't expect him to be the Iron Man for that match. When he pinned Daniel Bryan, I was like, oh, my God, they actually – let him get a pinfall on the WWE, on the WWE Heavyweight Champion, and it was believable. It wasn't like some BS cheating thing or where where Biggie or Xavier got involved. I mean, at that point, they were ejected, and so was Eric Rowan. So he overcame that. Um, he overcame Samoa Joe, basically leaving him laying on the outside of the ring. So I was pleasantly surprised. At the end of it, he didn't look. Tired in the respect of when he was getting carried out, he looked like he was exhausted and winded. But at the same time, and this is a call out to a lot of the wrestlers out there, both on the indie scene and in the WWE, take notes. He sold. He, that's something that's been missing from today's wrestling. As the match went on, he just he sold it. How tired he might he was supposed to be. How how hard it was getting for him to be further and further and further into that match. I was really impressed, and I've never been a Kofi fan. Um, I actually feel like the New Day's tag team run has been stale for over a year now, and I actually wouldn't mind seeing them stay as a faction, but kind of go off and do their own thing in the singles division. Mm -hmm. And maybe this will lead to that. I don't know, but um, I I feel bad for Mustafa Ali that his injury uh, is what it took to get Kofi in that spotlight. I mean, the rumor was that would have been Ali's spot. But hats off to Kofi Kingston, considering he probably had very little notice that this was coming. Great job. Yeah. He literally just got eliminated. That's where I'm at right now. Ah, okay. Yeah, and then uh, they... Uh, that was another thing with the SmackDown and t- the timing on SmackDown. I'm watching the show, and when AJ Styles got that win, I was sitting there looking at my watch, and I'm like, "They're almost out of airtime. How how long is this gonna this last fall gonna fall be? It's gonna have to be quick." And then RKO out of nowhere. And the funny thing was, I did, I didn't share this with Stevie G beforehand. Earlier in the day, the WWE Instagram had put in one of those spots where it asks you who you think is going to win the gauntlet match tonight. And mockingly, I, my, I actually wrote Randy Orton because that's what the fans really want. And I put it like a laughing face. Mm-hmm. Wasn't expecting, I was half expecting that that was probably the way they were going to go. So I kind of had a smirk on my face when that happened. Um, also, I read somewhere that actually this that match puts Randy Orton number two on most televised matches for WWE in history. I think I think Kane might be the only one that he has to surpass. I think Kane's still up on him by 50 matches. But uh, that elimination chamber match should be interesting. I'll say I'll say that much. Um, another thing that I want to get your opinion on, and this kind of kind of goes off off topic, but it is still WWE. We've seen the debuts of Lacey Evans at the Royal Rumble, who we haven't seen really since. Uh, We've seen the debuts of EC3, Nikki Cross, and Heavy Machinery. It doesn't seem like at this point they've made a decision on which roster any of them are going to be on. It doesn't even feel like they figured out where any of these people are going to fit in, which I feel like is a huge-ass mistake. You're talking about WWE here, though. Remember that. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's part of my problem with the whole thing. But, like, for prime example, EC3, look, I'm going to be honest. I like the character. I'm going to be telling you the truth. I never watched him on Impact Wrestling, and I know Steven had pointed out to me that he had overcome his Derek Bateman days in the WWE from years ago, and I've been pleasantly surprised. He's not someone that is going to blow you away with his wrestling. I'm going to be honest there. I don't... I feel like he's been... He's kind of like Bobby Roode in that respect. He's a great character. That being said, I feel like they made him look like a goof in that stupid promo video they did where they made him look like a Chippendales dancer in a hotel room, and then he gave that smile with his lousy mouth, t- tooth job. Uh, 
don't understand that. But part of what got him over in NXT, and I'm sure in Impact, is his mic skills. And he still hasn't been able to showcase that. What are they waiting for here? And then when Nikki Cross, it seems like one week she's teaming up with Alicia Fox. The next week she's teaming up with somebody else. Is she healer or face? And what are we doing here? And why haven't they explored the option of having her reunite with Sanity? And where the hell is Sanity for that matter? But that's that's another topic for another day. I've been complaining about that for a while. Because because they take on too much. They have too many people in the roster, and they don't know what to do with half of them. And that's a problem. WWE takes on all these big guys, but realistically, you need more competition on the outside of WWE, on the outside of NXT. Like now I'm talking about AEW. I'm talking even Impact, Ring of Honor. You need some of these guys to go to those shows to be main showcases and stuff because you're not going to go anywhere in WWE because there's not room for them. You know, you get excited for some of these big signings and you're like, wait, fuck, what are they going to do? Look at Finn Balor, top of the world, WWE destroyed him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people get excited uh, up until the up really up until all elite announcing their existence. Uh, people got excited every time WWE signed an AJ Styles, a Samoa Joe, a Finn Balor, a Kevin Owens. Um, EC3 is another one. Drew McIntyre coming back. I mean, there's plenty of guys that they signed that all of a sudden the fanboys get all excited. Oh, they're coming to WWE. It's great. They're going to finally get their due. You guys got to be realistic. With the roster as bloated as what the WWE has and the fact that they're not cutting a lot of these guys that have been there forever, this is what's going to happen. Not everybody can be a main eventer. And, we need, and unfortunately, we either got to accept that or we're just going to be we're going to be disappointed all the time. That's just the way it is. Look, I'm sorry. I would not be protecting guys like Zack Ryder anymore. Um, look, I respect the hell out of Dolph Ziggler, but there's no reason to keep some of these guys under contract. Let them go so you can start spending some of this time on some of these newer talent. I just... I don't, I don't understand what the purpose of, of getting all these people under contract just to keep them from signing other organizations. I don't understand at this point what that's going to do for them. They're a worldwide company with a worldwide fan base. And let's be honest, we've watched the garbage shows in Saudi Arabia. We watched the show in Australia. And as much as we in the U.S. crap all over those shows, the fans over there absolutely love it. So they're not going anywhere. They have that worldwide presence. And they're not. that's just the way it is. We need to accept that. You don't need to have all these people under contract anymore. Let some of them go. You're still going to make your money hand over fist. You still got your TV deals. Okay, rant over. <laughs> so where are we going on to now? Are we up to the pay-per-view or do we still have some more stuff to discuss? Uh, not quite yet. Let's get a taste of some other stuff uh, beforehand. Let's talk about movies. So I came across a couple things in the last few weeks, some more known than others. But uh, did you know about this? Next week, next Tuesday, Headstrong, documentary on the whole fucking show, Rob Van Dam. Let me give you a little synopsis for those of you that don't know about this. So, professional wrestling legend Rob Van Dam embarks on a life-changing journey across the country in the candid and unflinching documentary, Headstrong giving an honest look into the life of the athlete known to millions around the world as RVD. The film captures him on the road doing stand-up comedy. While on tour, an unexpected roadblock paves the way for an exploration into the realities of professional sports. What follows is an unforgettable roller coaster as RVD gives an unprecedented and unique look into the world of professional wrestling and his one-of-a-kind strategy in life. Um, I gotta be honest, it's a feature-length documentary. It's gonna be available on iTunes, Google Play, and Vudu this coming Tuesday. I'm actually really excited for this, uh, just to see another perspective about someone who, let's be honest, RVD, while he did get a little bit of a run atop, um, and unfortunately, uh, we all know the circumstances there. RVD was one of the guys that was kind of anti-WWE. Anti uh, he wasn't a guy that the WWE, let's be honest, ever really felt comfortable, comfortable putting the machine behind as much as the fans loved him. So I'm really interested to see how this one goes. Um, have you heard about this one? No, I did not hear about that one. But will, will you check it out? Uh, I'm not sure. I got to say, I got to watch a preview for it and stuff. I'm more uh, invested in fighting with my family right now. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm excited for that one. Um, I'm trying to figure out when I'm going to go see it. I know it goes wide. For those of you that don't know, I don't know why you'd be listening to this podcast and not know that already, but it goes wide February 22nd. I know February 15th it's on limited release, and I almost want to try to trek into New York City, which is about a 45-minute train ride for me, just to see it before the general public does. But really excited about that one. Cool. And then uh, here's another one, and actually this kind of ties into someone we mentioned earlier, uh, somebody that we would love to see appear at All Elite, even though it probably won't happen. CM Punk has a horror movie coming out uh, called Girl on the Third Floor, and the first teaser trailer has come out. So a little synopsis for those of you that don't know about this. CM Punk stars as Don Koch, a man who was failing as a husband. For years, he has skated by on charm and charisma until it nearly landed him in jail. He now views fixing up an old house as a chance to make up for past mistakes. Meanwhile, his wife, Liz Koch, is concerned about the renovation timeline as they have a baby on the way. With all this pressure, it's no wonder Don responds to the flirtations of an attractive stranger. As Don tears the house apart, it begins to tear him apart as well, revealing the rot behind the drywall. Now, I saw the tr- the teaser for this, and it's literally, it's definitely an indie-style film. Uh, really interesting. It literally looks like, I believe it was a sink. And there's this all this audio about the, this female audio in the background, and then you just see this loud explosion, and this pool of blood just comes shooting up out of the sink, and that's it. Uh, very indie-style to it. Uh, I'm definitely intrigued. Uh, you have you i saw this review it really didn't spark my interest because i was just like you know i don't know i let's just say i i I couldn't get into it i i I didn't seem to care i mean i have no words for it honestly because it didn't give me much is what i'm getting at and i even see punk in that preview yeah that was the interesting and i guess that's why they're advertising it as a teaser but uh there is there was a scene that leaked out of him going through the house and I believe it was a dog uh, scares him as he's going through it. So there's the creepy vibe to it. It's definitely an indie style uh, movie, maybe almost like a grindhouse indie style. Uh, so I- I'm definitely intrigued, but I know that's kind of my forte, and it's not for everyone. All right, so let's get to the let's get to the good stuff. The reigning, defending pay per view champion Stevie G. And the in last place encyclopedia are going to give you their picks for elimination chamber. Um, we'd first like to thank Freddie Yeloso who took time out of his vacation, probably standing online at Base Mountain or something like that, to give us his picks. You ready for the Steve? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so first off, I don't know why this is on the card. Braun Strowman versus Baron Corbin. Braun Strowman, all the way. I don't even know why this match has even been announced. Uh, this, sh- this shouldn't even be on the kickoff show. This should be a dark match. Yeah, I don't really care for it, but you asked for a prediction. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll tell you right now, big shock here. Oh, it, it's a no disqualification match, apparently, so maybe there'll be some chicanery on there, and maybe Baron Corbin will have a shot. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I am going to agree with you. Braun Strowman, the monster among men, will take that one, and Freddie also agreed with us. He picked Braun Strowman as well. Intercontinental Championship Handicap Match. Um, this brings me back to the days of Stevie G's favorite WWE Universal Champion, Brock Lesnar, and Paul Heyman facing the Fuck. Hardys. <laughs> All right. Intercontinental Championship Handicap Match. Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush facing Finn Balor. Um, first off, I don't understand the point of the, making this a handicap match. I don't un- see what the purpose of, of this is here. It's not necessary, but... What are your thoughts on this one? Another waste. It's another waste of time. Um, I'm hoping Finn Balor wins, but I'll be honest, when that match comes on, I probably will be on my phone or doing something else. Just like most of this card, honestly. So your official pick is? I'll go with Finn Balor. All right. Uh, Freddie also picked Finn Balor. Um, I read somewhere that, and I think this is kind of goes into that whole Kurt Angle talk but uh, in this case this would have been Seth Rollins in this spot that being said I don't think there was any chance that Seth Rollins was going to win the belt uh, especially considering he's the number one contender for the Universal Championship at Wrestlemania so based on that while I wouldn't mind seeing Finn Balor become Intercontinental Champion uh, I, you know what 
I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you guys. I'm gonna say Finn Balor wins by pinning. Uh, my guess is he'll pin Leo Rush, which isn't part of the pick. I'm gonna pick Finn Balor, and then Lashley probably wins the rematch at Fastlane because we know this isn't gonna be a one and done. But yeah, for for this Sunday, I'm gonna say Finn Balor. All right, another match that probably not too many people give a crap about for the Raw Women's Championship, uh, with absolutely no hype leading into this. Ruby Riot, who actually I feel like can go in the ring, and I think she is a future Women's Champion, just not quite yet. Uh, uh, kind of giving you my pick there. Ruby Riot uh, faces Ronda Rousey because, God forbid, we don't have Ronda Rousey on a pay-per-view. Um, I'm definitely going Ronda Rousey, as did Freddie. Stevie G, I'm going to guess across the board Ronda Rousey, correct? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Might as well go with who you know is going to happen. Yeah. Bullshit up. Very true. All right. Uh... 205 Live is being represented on this card. Has not been officially announced for the kickoff match yet, so we'll see what happens here. But Buddy Murphy will be defending the title against Akira Tozawa, the former champion from over a year and a half ago with that one-week title reign when he stopped Neville's long reign as the initial champ. I... Just, I know I picked against Buddy Murphy last month. I picked today with Tommy, and little did I know, two days later, he was no longer with the WWE. I'm going to actually go with Buddy Murphy on this one. I don't see him dropping the belt at least till WrestleMania. And that's all I got to say on that because, and I think Stevie G's in the same boat, the same boat here. Who really watches 205 Live? What's the 205 match again? Sorry. Exactly. Buddy Murphy defending the title against Akira Tozawa. I know. I'll just go Buddy Murphy. I don't watch 205. And Freddie Freddy Aloso also picked Buddy Murphy. So across the board so far, we were actually matching on all our picks. But I got a feeling this next match might be the one that changes things. The WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championship is on the line as the former champions, the Usos, are facing off against the defending champions, The Miz and Shane McMahon. Now, I've, I know I was one of many that kind of wished that they didn't have to do this whole tag team title reign thing just to get to the eventual Miz. Shane McMahon feud that's rumored for WrestleMania. Um, that being said, I don't see Miz and Shane McMahon dropping the belts that quickly, so I think this is one where at least one of us disagreed with us because I'll also pick the Usos. I'm, uh, we know it's probably because he is in love with anything Samoan. Um, that's my PC way of saying that. I'm going to go against him on this one, and I'm going to say Miz and Shane McMahon retain on Sunday. I hate to say it, because we all know I expressed I'm a Miz fan. I would like to see the Miz and Shane win, but I have a feeling it's going to be Oso. Or uh, Usos, whatever their names are. <laughs> El Uso. All right, so Stevie G and Freddie Aloso are down since day one, Us. Whoa, 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 don't, don't, don't put my name next to all that shit. All right, all right, fair enough. Okay, so the Women's Tag Team Championship, which I'm sorry, folks, let's be real here. This is not the first time we've had Women's Tag Team Championship. I'm sorry to break the hearts of all of you that think that this is an evolutionary thing by the WWE, but they did have Women's Tag Team Championship in the late 80s, the last champions being the Jumping Bomb Angels. That being said... This is the first WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. So what we know so far, opening that matchup is going to be Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville against Bailey and Sasha Banks. We know that much. Uh, also featured in that match, we have Naomi and Carmella, the makeshift tag team of Fabulous Glow, really. We have Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, the Iconics. We also have Riot Squad members Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan. And then we have the Super Samoan team of Nia Jax and Tamina. I, the whole Sasha Banks injury thing, I think, does kind of throw a monkey wrench into it. That's why I'm not sure I'm going to pick Bailey and Sasha on here. Um, I kind of want to hear what Stevie G ha- says on this before I make my pick. Um, but El also did pick the Boston Hug Connection, Bailey and Sasha. Stevie G, what are your thoughts? I think I'm picking the same. I'm going to stick with them. I mean, even though there's a good chance it won't be, but I think I'm going to go Sasha, Banks, and Bailey. This is a tough one because I, I, 
I could really see them finally blowing off this tag team once and for all. Maybe we find out that Sasha was faking the injury the whole time and that she really could care less about being the tag team champs because what you want to be is number one, and to be number one, you have to be the women's champion. That being said, I could also see them saving the Bailey and Sasha moment for WrestleMania. So I'm torn. Um... I thought the alternative would have been to shock everyone and go with the Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, but with them opening up against the Boston Hug connection, I just don't see that happening. I would hope WWE is not stupid enough to put it on the Samoan team of Nia Jax and Tamina. I think I'm going to agree with you guys on this one. I'm going to go with Bailey and Sasha for now as well. Um, but you heard it here. I could see them going another option. All right. And the last, but certainly not least, we have the WWE Championship in, on the line in the Elimination Chamber. We have champion Daniel Bryan, the, the planet's champion, defending his piece of hemp and wood against AJ Styles, against Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton, Samoa Joe, and replacing Mustafa Ali, as we mentioned earlier, New Day member Kofi Kingston. Now, I would really love to see Samoa Joe finally get the strap. I've been hoping for that going all the way back to when he faced Brock Lesnar at that Great Bulls of Fire pay-per-view. I don't see that happening, happening, obviously. I don't think we'll see Randy Orton with the belt. Um, at the same note, I don't see them giving Jeff Hardy the title. And Kofi Kingston is definitely not happening. So that leaves AJ Styles. And the feud's been going on really since the beginning of November. I don't see why they would put the belt back on AJ Styles because that almost demands then another AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan one-on-one match. So... Uh, I'm going to go with El Oso on this one. Uh, he picked Daniel Bryan. I'm also picking Daniel Bryan. I'm going Randy Orton. Really? I'm switching it up. All right. Actually, wait. No. No, I'll just go Daniel Bryan. Come on. All right. So, unfortunately for El Oso, we know you're listening down in Orlando. That means you're not catching Stevie G on this one because you guys have the same exact picks across the board and I'm too far behind to even catch up to you guys Uh, so across the board every member of the sold out podcast here tonight has basically picked the same for every single match except for that tag team title match where I think Miz and Shane are going to pull it out so still your champion I guess I'll wait till next week (laughs) absolutely you know what no 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 I'm feeling froggy. I'll play around. I'm going Randy Orton. All right. All right. Stevie G's going with Randy Orton. So, also, there is a small, small chance that you might be able to cut into the gap. Steven's too far ahead, even with the one pick, to for you to be able to catch him. But who knows? Maybe there'll be a new pay-per-view champion. I'm just trying to do Eloso a favor. Give him a title for his own damn show. Oh, that's so nice. So then Freddie can stop holding Stevie G's belt every week. All right. So thank you all for checking us out this week. We hope you enjoy the Elimination Chamber. Um, as Stephen mentioned earlier, there is a couple of exciting Northeast Wrestling shows coming up in the Connecticut area over the next few months. So definitely check those out. Uh, Stevie G actually will be at the April show on Good Friday. Uh, Stevie G, you all set for that one? Uh, yeah, got a few screws to work on, but we're almost done. I'll, I'll have my ticket. That's a show. And apparently Stevie G's dogs don't approve that he's going to abandon them that night, but it's all good. All right, so thank you all for listening. Uh, remember to check us out. Uh, for Steve, It's Stevie G1218 on social media, 2 for 316 for myself. And check out the Sports Frenzy podcast on Instagram, uh, Sports Frenzy Pod on Twitter. And also check out our website, sportsfrenzypodcast.com. Enjoy Elimination Chamber, folks, and we'll be back next week where we'll have just a few weeks to discuss the next Waste of Time pay-per-view, Fastlane. Have a good one, everyone. Later.